Hello everyone, this is Anna, and this is Anna, and this is You've Got Five Options, and yes, today guys, I am alone. I actually have ambushed our technician, Dennis, that you probably know from many other shows, to be my co-host. I'm not sure how volunteering experience that is for you, Dennis. Quite so. Quite so. Okay, that's that's uh, good enough for me. Uh, so I, I have an announcement. Uh, Marta resigned from making the show. Gotcha. No, of course, Marta haven't resigned, but uh, Marta is uh, now, I think she's on some spiritual retreat in a very remote area uh, where she is learning some very wise stuff. The stuff that you are able to hear on our show because she's always with the, the one with the good advice and the spiritual outlook on life. Uh, and I am, I don't know, Dennis, what am I? I'm the the, the, the crazy one, no? Nah, I wouldn't say so. Okay, that's uh, that's comforting, my dear co-host. Uh, but uh, Marta is now um, gone for a week. So uh, next two shows, including this one, I will be doing almost all by myself. And if you are a big fan of Marta, then please give me a chance. Because today I have come up with something that personally fascinates me. Uh, this will be... A Halloween special. Mm. Yes, uh, although I would say that Halloween not necessarily fascinates me that much. You know, it's a, it's all about this American treat or treat and trick or treat and all this kind of uh, let's call it little bullshits. And actually, there will be a bullshit related to Halloween today. Uh, but Halloween is always a great chance to talk about a little bit of a scary, spooky side of life, and that is the topic that I truly love. So guys, you can expect today, first of all, no Marta that you know, but she will be back. You can expect Dennis as a co-host. You can expect uh, uh, some rankings about the best horror movies of all times. You can expect a piece on sleep paralysis, something that bothers a lot of people, but they are many times afraid to share this because they think they will be perceived as a cuckoo people. And... Last but not least, we will air today three real ghost stories sent by our listeners. So I am super excited. Really, I'm super excited. And uh, I hope that you will get spooked at least a little bit. And if not, then I am not very good at scaring people. And that will be really, really sad. But guys, I think we should just jump to the artist of the week. Superman Music brings to you Artist of the Week 
So today, guys, I actually had a quite a, a challenge with choosing an artist of the week because I thought, okay, Halloween special, then it should be something proper, like something scary or at least something that talks about ghosts. The obvious choice would be Ghostbusters, but although we can play it because this is a radio for the love of God, uh, our artist of the re- week segment uh, has a different purpose. We wanted to present artists which are maybe not so well known, are local or are indie or presenting some kind of more independent music. So that ruled out Ghostbusters. Although I'm not sure this, who is playing Ghostbusters, Dennis? Who is singing that? Do you know? I actually don't know. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, you know. I think he only made one hit wonder and disappear. I will check it out. You can. Oh, my God. I love to have a co-host that also have a computer. So you can check it out. But I have a very strange feeling that the guy, uh, I I didn't, if I cannot remember who sing it, then there is a chance he didn't really sing that much afterwards. Uh, Ray Parker Jr., Ray Parker Jr. Not only uh, I don't know about him, but there are two of them, Senior and Junior. Hmm. There's a lot of musicians on the, yeah, credit. I don't know. Okay, so no yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the song is uh, written by Ray Parker Jr. Okay, so guys, I am sorry that you will not hear Ghostbusters, but you will hear something else. So I had two options: either to find an art- art- artist that will sing something something spooky, or I could sing myself and scare the shit out of you. I have decided to um, omit this pleasure of singing Life on Air because, as you know, I have traumatic experiences with that. So I have decided to go with the scary song. And here I had another challenge because I actually asked my boyfriend, which you heard of probably, Dave, Uh, to propose me something and back in his one of his 10 lives that he lived he was uh, living in UK and he was a part of a bar band called Park Bench and I remember that those guys had some songs with a freaky titles like for instance uh, Cheer Up and Die or uh, Tomb of the Unknown and I was like yeah I will play something spooky But then I discovered that the song I like the most and Dave like the most is Cocaine Caltrain Blues. And this is the song, guys, that you will hear. And surprisingly, this is the most normal part of this show. Cocaine Caltrain Blues. Inside the wheel of your mind I see that sometimes The grease just don't shine And sometimes There's a voice in the words from an unknown place And sometimes There's somebody else's mouth in your face This is cocaine, Caltrain, cutlet blues This is to win or lose With no condition to choose Yeah, this is cocaine, Caltrain, cutlet blues 
This is to win or lose with no condition to choose. With no condition to choose. Running low on booze. Powders and coins and wet lip longing lawns. From New York, there is a Lies appear in fours and threes and twos Tequilas and feelers on a late afternoon cruise No condition to choose After Park Bench with Cocaine Caltrain Blues, 
And guys, if you like the song, please visit our website, thefiveoptions.com for free, where you can find all of our podcast episodes and you can also find in the show notes of Halloween special link to this song. But guys, I think it's time to turn on the spooky because we are going into our first scare challenge of the week. So I think, Dennis, you have to get used to being co-host and a technician. <laughs> sure. I was trying to send you a message through my eyes and I was like, yeah, that, that, that doesn't work. We will, we will figure out, you know, we still have a good 45 minutes. So guys, uh, you can at least hear Marta in the jingle because uh, she is the one who is uh, singing. Her voice is used for challenge of the week. And Today's challenge of the week is actually a challenge that I gave you, our dear listeners, and I was hoping to get some of the scary stories, and I did. So, a week ago, when I was preparing the material for this show, I asked you all, um, well, I asked you all on Facebook, I didn't ask you on the radio, to visit our website and find the Halloween storytelling competition. We have a very cool feature there, which is called SpeakPipe. So you can record a message directly from your phone or from the computer and send it to us. So you don't have to attach it to any email or any other things. And we receive it on the other end. And then we have your voice recording. So it's a fantastic feature. I think it's fantastic, at least very convenient. And I asked you guys to share your true, scary, ghost, spooky, Halloween, whatever stories. And there was maybe not that much of a contesters, contest, contest, contenders, con how contenders. are those, those guys that take part in competitions. So I think I didn't do the advertisement uh, very well because I said I will choose three best stories and we will play today on the radio and then we will announce the winner. However, I got only three stories, so all of them will be played. So thank you very much, Kate, Kaisa and Karina. But the good news is the girls really measured up and all of the stories are spooky like hell. And I think we will play it, but first I will have a question to Dennis. Dennis, mm -hmm. do you believe in ghosts, in spooky, in scary paranormal things? Yes and no. It, ghosts <laughs> per se, no, but scary, spooky things, sure. There's a lot we don't know, but ghosts, yeah. What about poltergeists, you know, like those um, activities in the houses, the things are moving, not necessarily because we just talked in a break when when we played the song that uh, ghosts got that kind of goofiness, like, you know, that, you know, you show them with chains and like white bed shit, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but what about, for instance, poltergeist activities? Sure, I, I, I don't not believe in that, so... This I'm, is I'm open. I hope that after today's episode, you will become a believer. 
And maybe you will share something from yourself because I have managed to squeeze a little bit of a freaky story from you, mm -hmm. but we will leave it for the end of this segment. So guys, without further ado, we will listen to first story, which comes from Kate. Hello, Kate. Thank you very much for sending your story. And here it goes. Hi, Marta and Anna. Uh, this is Kate. Man, it's been a long time. It's been since last year when I was on the show. And a lot has happened uh, since then, but that will have to be another time. Uh, because I have a spooky story that actually was told by my father uh, many years ago. Uh, my, my, As you know, uh, my mother died when I was really small. Uh, I was five years old, and my two sisters were three years and six months. And my mother died in this tragic car accident. And before my mother died, my father uh was uh was my mother harped on my uh on my father because she loved this grandfather clock uh that uh that uh, he got for her and it was broken uh i don't know maybe it was one of us girls that broke it or something i don't know we were very small and she kept uh um uh, uh like knee, like uh tapping on his shoulder and saying hey you need to fix this grandfather clock you know he kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and then she died Uh, and, uh, he started to, de uh, develop, uh, an alcohol problem, uh, uh, for a short period of time. I mean, because that was the love of his life. It's a little bit understandable, uh, given the circumstances. And, uh, he was, he was crying and he was wailing and he said, you know, why, like, why dad? He's like, why did you die? Why did you have to leave me like, like this? And then he heard the grandfather clock ring. And he started to get really scared and kept hearing it and was went around the corner and as if it were working and was acting like it was working, but he could see that it was still broken. And he started to freak out and he's like, okay, Deb, he's like, if you're in the room, uh, ring the grandfather clock three times. And it rang three times. So that is a something, I don't know if it's scary, but I could see that how he could be scared in that moment or anyone. But I really like the story because even if it's not true, or maybe this was made in his alcoholic state and he was hearing something, um, it's a comforting, uh, comforting to me, like knowing that that was the way he was comforted and knowing that she's with him. Um, and I just like, it is a spooky story, but, uh, but in, in this case, it's also, uh, comforting, uh, and also eerie at the same time. So this is a story that's, uh, very close to my heart and, uh, yeah, maybe not so spooky in that sense, but I could imagine how it could be spooky in other ways. But anyways, uh, thanks so much for uh, listening to my story. Uh, whether you consider it spooky enough or not is another one. Um, I would love to come uh, talk about an update and do an update. Uh, maybe in 2020, there's a lot going on with uh, Career Denmark and helping internationals with their job search. I have some very big projects coming up, so maybe 2020 could be a good time. <laughs> So, but thanks so much, girls, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I actually heard this, but I heard until two minutes 30. And I didn't know that Kate will also drop in that she's willing to come again to our radio and talk about her uh, projects. Uh, but uh, okay, then it's spooky, not spooky. Definitely. Uh, for me, spooky. It, it, uh, slight chills. 
Yeah, it, yeah. it gives chills. You know, there is a lot of stories about uh, people who are passing away and then the, the loved ones or uh, the family can hear some uh, weird sounds or uh, there are some movements and so on. I know that in Poland, I don't know if this is only Polish thing. Is it a Catholic thing or what is it? But uh, I know in my family and in other families that I grew up with, it was said that the uh, the soul or the spirit of the deceased person is with us on earth for 40 days mm-hmm. and can manifest. And actually, I remember when uh, my grandfather died, uh, there were uh, movements of uh, curtains in our room uh, when my grandma was. And uh, everyone in my house was seeing this as completely normal. There was no current. There were no open windows. Oh, it's grandfather. No, no wonder I came out like this. For me, those things are so normal. It was actually a normal, accepted part of life. The ghosts, the, 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 the paranormal, the scary stuff. I was surrounded with it. And my family was treating this as a normal thing. So I believe that that's why I'm also a little bit more open to this, because this is a part of my re- reality since I was a child. But this is a spooky story. Let's see what our contender number two Karina sent to us. My story starts at the end of my ex-husband's dad's funeral. So we just returned back to the house and we're all lying in the bed uh, speaking, my ex-mother-in-law, my ex-husband and I. And suddenly the radio goes on white noise and we all get a fright. And we turn around and look. And there is no, uh, the radio is not even on, so it would have been impossible for it to go on white noise. Um, we, p- we pull out the, the plug from the radio because we get so spooked about it, and we continue talking. And approximately 10 minutes later, the white noise <laughs> starts again. <laughs> we're freaked out now. We like, uh, we tell my, uh, my ex-father-in-law, we tell him, you know, can you stop scaring us? This is a bit weird. And I get up and I go into my bedroom to get some things. And when I get in there, I see that my chest of drawer with my clothes is out on the floor. And all my clothes is on the floor. And yes, I might have been a bit of a, in a rush when I was going to the funeral that day. But, you know, would I pull out the whole drawer? So I call my ex-husband and I'm like, come and have a look at this. And he gets to the room and he's like, what? I point to the floor and I said, look, did I, did I leave the room like this? Did I pull out the drawer? And he, he can't really remember, but I'm having the chills and I'm thinking this is really weird. One thing is that, you know, I can be in a hurry, but another one is to pull out a whole drawer on the floor. Well, never mind. You know, I get what I needed and go about my business in the house for a bit, maybe an hour or so return to the bedroom where I've left it nice and neat this time. I know that for sure. And guess what? The drawer is out on the floor again with all my clothes out. Now I definitely know that we are, this is not normal. We, we, ha- we have a ghost. And I think this ghost might be my ex-husband's dad. We, we're all pretty sure about this. And the weird thing is that what happens over the following days and weeks is 
that I keep hearing someone call my name, Karina, and I go out and I'm like, yes, and there's no one there. And sometimes even other people would be like, no, we didn't call you. We didn't hear a thing. But for sure, I heard someone call my name, Karina, a man's voice. And it got to the point that when I went to the bathroom, I needed to say, please don't come with me, Jorge, because he was there. <laughs> oh, my God. So actually, it came down to the actual communication with, with, the, with the ghost of, of a deceased per person asking not to, not to stay with her in the bathroom because she could feel his presence. Dennis, how about this one? I've heard similar stories before. Mm -hmm where the manifestation is moving things, upending um, mm -hmm. things, stuff like that. Okay, and I actually think that, uh, as I said, the one with the deceased one are the most, uh, I think they are the, the one that are accepted by people the, the most, because, you know, you still could kind of believe that there was someone that you love dearly, a member of a family, and maybe he's transitioning somewhere else, so he's still there, or uh, there are some unfinished businesses or some messages he wants to he wants to uh, send you or mm. whatsoever. That doesn't change the fact that it's freaking scary, if I'm to be honest. Yeah, and, and as you said before, it, uh, I don't think it's uh, it's reserved for Catholic countries. I think it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that you've seen in a number of cultures all over the world where being visited by your your deceased relatives or friends is considered quite normal it's, it's yeah. just a, a, a everyday thing yeah and i think actually in a weird way it gives some kind of a comfort to the people that were left here on earth mm -hmm. although i do believe it can be scary I remember having a very weird experience when I was uh, also married with my ex-husband and we went to visit his grandma in a countryside, beautiful countryside in Romania, really. They have gorgeous land. And she had still a toilet outside of the house, you know, in this kind of wooden style um, or what? Yes, toy toy, but the, the medieval, <laughs> medieval version. And I remember when I was going there, I saw a man and I actually described this man afterwards to my ex-husband and he said that, that that sounds very much like his deceased grandfather who died like 20 years ago. So I'm like, why are you trying to send me a message? And I was so scared because it was late, it was dark and you know, I had to go some meters and I'm like, that, I, I, am I supposed to receive something from you? Usually I'm kind of relaxed about those things, but uh, after 20 years, why he decided to spook me then uh, I would say that that's a question mark and that, that makes it more scary because it means that he's still somewhere out there in those woods, you know, uh, doing weird things. Mm -hmm. um, but then we have the last story, which was sent by Kaisa from Sweden. And this one doesn't have anything to do with deceased relatives or ghosts of deceased relatives. But uh, yeah, okay, let's just decide. Let's hear it. I'm going to tell something that happened in the farm where my mom grew up and still today no one knows exactly what happened. They had horses and cows and sheep and a few pigs as well. The horses were standing together in a barn quite close to the house where 
the family lived, and my mother had four brothers and sisters. One night they were eating supper and they heard noises from the horses, like a scream. My mom got the task to run out there and check what was going on. And she sees a scratch on the back of the horse that's just been made. She ran inside to her parents and she told her grandfather what ha happened. And he said, probably the horse just scratched himself on a nail or something. Okay, so they continue with their supper, but then the horse screamed again, so loud. So they ran out there, both of them. And now they see from the wall a paw, a big hairy paw coming out of the wall with claws and made another scratch on the back of the horse. My grandfather ran out of the barn to the other side of the wall to see what kind of creature was there. But no one was there. It was totally empty. My mother was st still stay, uh, staying in the barn. She was so scared. And one of the pigs started screaming and running around in the barn. Then my grandfather came back inside and then the paw was gone. They looked for a hole in the wall or something, but he found nothing. And still today, they don't know where this creature came from. And they still don't know if there was a space between the wall that they couldn't see or if it was a wolf or um, another kind of wild animal. And 10 years later, this happens. One of the pigs got stuck with her head between the walls. And they took the pig out and there were nothing behind there. So it was like a space for the head when the pig was stuck in the wall. But then they took, when they took the pig out, the space was gone. So this is the most spooky story I know. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Kaisa. Oh my God. So basically it, it sounds like uh, not only we are dealing here in the story with uh, some sort of a creature, which, by the way, that is a part of a folklore of many cultures, you know, some kind of a creature that looks like a like some kind of animal with claws that attacks other animals. That is part of many, many cultures, many legends. But we also talk about some kind of a weird portal mm -hmm. because if uh, if the uh, pig's head got stuck and they took it out and then the hole disappeared, that is freaky. Very much so. Very much. I, I think about Stranger Things right now. <laughs> uh, for uh, any of you who haven't seen it, go to Netflix and see it. Uh, but uh, yeah, what do you think, Dennis? Definitely spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe it? I have no reason not to, but it, it does seem incredible that there's a hole and not a hole. Yeah, what would you do if you would have that kind of an experience? Probably shit myself. I, I, yeah, I, I think probably the same, although that uh, that's not a pretty picture. <laughs> but I'm thinking if I would just uh, try to demolish the, the barn, you know, 
or get someone to investigate or I, I don't know because mm. it's kind of freaky, you know. There is a lot of stories about portals to other dimensions, uh, aka Stranger Things, but the real ones, you know, that people actually disappear in some uh, time holes or something like this. We have to take it with a grain of salt, I believe, because, you know, no one ever proved that. But on the other hand, I don't really see a reason for a family to to basically, you know, imagine because that would be a group hallucination. She was there and her dad was there. So it would be really weird if they would like to stage something like this, especially that apparently it's just a family story that they have. Of course, it can be a family story. And did everybody actually see the same? Mm -hmm. Or did one see something and then convince the others that they actually saw it and they saw the scratch on the horse and ergo it must be true? I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a scary one. It's very unusual, I would say. Uh, but I believe you, Kaisa, because uh, I'm a good uh, radio host mm -hmm. and I believe my listeners. No, I actually I believe this happened. I believe you saw something, maybe not necessarily this, but there definitely could be something spooky. Yeah. So, guys, I will tell you honestly, I like all the stories and uh, I think girls actually did a quite good job with storytelling you know they actually uh, presented it in a very nice way so i will let you the listeners decide what e who is the winner and if you will go on the fiveoptions.com you will see halloween storytelling competition in the menu and if you will go there you can actually vote for each of the story and you can also listen to each of the story once again because i will put audio uh, with three stories and then the winner will be the one that will get the most votes and i think it's fair if the voting can um, can last until the end of november yeah because this program will be released on 25th of october and then podcast and stuff so i will give you a whole month to decide who is the winner but now let's go to the bullshit of the week say what boo, 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 boo. it's bullshit it's bullshit of the week bullshit what, what, what? that was supposed to be scary and it turned out like it turned out but um <laughs> guys now we have a bullshit of the week and that is a uh, three halloween stories or facts that could be bullshit or could be true and actually because i don't have an open line and i would love to have open lines i would love people to call here but this is a recorded show i will torture dennis my co-host with answer if it's a bullshit or not so i will just give you the headline mm -hmm. right then you will tell me if it's bullshit or not a bullshit or semi bullshit and then i will tell you what is the truth behind the story okay so the first one is there is a lot of incidents with poisoned halloween candies all over us a lot Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Bullshit. And I agree with you because I know the truth, so I agree with you. You are right. However, there are some stories with poisoned uh, Halloween candy. But, guys, it's not what you think. So 
poisoned Halloween candy is one of those panic um, things in in US and it it comes seasonal of course around Halloween but some decades has a stronger panic than others and that is because of couple unfortunate incidents so I can tell you that there were some cases of poisoned Halloween candy but unfortunately those were usually attempts of murder someone. So it was not that the candy itself was poisoned from the producer or, or whatsoever, producer of the candy, but it was more of uh, someone trying to either uh, cover up for a crime or an accident and putting poisons in the candy. So the most famous one is actually from 1974, Ronald Clark O'Brien poisoned five kids with pixie sticks, including his two children. And I think that this is when the whole mayhem started because before that, there were some rumors, but they were interestingly spread by uh, people who were lobbying against big candy producers. It even started in 19th centuries where uh, there were some lobbyists who were saying that candies uh, from the big producers are poisoned uh, just to stop this uh, mass production. You know, it was an industrial revolution, uh, but uh, it was nowhere to be found that any candies were ever poisoned. But this guy, Ronald Clark O'Brien, he actually wanted to very sadly uh, murder his own eight-year-old son and that was because he uh, issued a very high life insurance on him. So he put poisons in pixie sticks and he gave it to his son, his daughter and three other kids and he did it just to make it look like the candies were poisoned by some uh, anonymous psychopath or whatsoever. Mm. Uh, fortunately, his daughter and the other three kids didn't eat those candies because, you know, they got so many that they didn't eat this. But unfortunately, his own son eat the candy and died. And then um, the guy was arrested because they figured out during investigation what happened. And he was executed 10 years later. He was uh, found guilty and he he lost his life in an execution. Um, so basically, uh, that is the most well-documented um, episode. There was also another uh, episode where a family tampered with a candy because a five-year-old boy uh, died out of the heroin overdose. <laughs> he accidentally got a heroin from his uncle. I don't know how is that even possible. So the uncle was a heroin user. Maybe the kid took it, thought it's a candy, and he, he died. So the, uh, the family stuffed the candies with heroin, and they tried to frame, again, anonymous psychopath uh, that uh, poisoned their child. But, of course, the truth came out. So mm. basically, uh, from time to time, stories like this um, resurface and then people make a lot of it. You know, they say that there are psychopaths everywhere trying to poison kids on Halloween. But that's not true. Of course, the newest one is that the, there are candies with uh, pot, with marijuana, after marijuana was legalized uh, in, in some states of United States so that the kids are getting, you know, uh, marijuana candies. Um, that's the newest one. But usually that's just an urban legend. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two. On Halloween night, 1992, BBC One has aired Ghostwatch, the movie that was so scary, it drove three women into early labor and one 
teenager to commit a suicide. True or false? I don't know. You don't know. No. What do you think? What 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 your gut feeling is telling you? Because of course, some parts of the story might be true, and some parts of this story might be. My rational side tells me that the number is so low that it's actually possible. And you are correct again, my dear co-host. Yes, that is correct, guys. On 1992, BBC has aired a movie called Ghostwatch. And the thing was that the movie was recorded in a fashion of a live transmission. Uh, in reality, it was recorded weeks prior to that. And the whole premise was that the crew goes to the haunted house. And uh, because some family reported some poltergeist or some, some things like this. And they walk with camera and they make fun of it because they don't believe it. But then suddenly uh, the viewers see the ghost here, the ghost there. There are phone calls coming in, people reporting, I have the same ghost in my house. So it escalates and escalates. At the very end, the journalist that is in the house is being dragged by some mysterious force out of the camera uh, reach. And the host that is, and that was actually Michael Parkinson, par parking, I think he's Parkinson. That's his surname. I will check it. He was a very trusted anchor, news anchor. So people trusted him. He was like that kind of trust face. Mm -hmm. This guy sits at the end of the transmission in the studio and the uh, lights go off. And he's like, where is everybody? I don't see anything. And then it looks like he's possessed by something because he starts to speak funny. And then transmission ends. And it was all recorded hmm. and this is this was the prank or the the movie that the, the bbc wanted to show to people but it was in a fashion of a document not documentary life feed so people freaked out bbc got that night thirty thousand phone calls <laughs> with people uh, simply terrified and there were cases three women indeed went into labor and unfortunately there was a case of a suicide there was a, a, a boy who was 18 he had some learning disability he was a little bit behind mentally and he watched it and he got obsessed with it and then five days later he heard some noises in his home and he thought that the ghost from the movie came and he 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 took his own life so uh, BBC was even you know uh suit for that and uh, one woman wrote to BBC that her husband who was a marine or, or some kind of military guy when he was watching this he shit his pants and she wanted BBC to pay for the new uh, pair of jeans <laughs> uh, there is a documentary a ghost watch behind the curtains that was released afterwards I think in 2013 so you can see it and there is even a TEDx talk by a guy who wrote the thing. So truly fascinating stuff. It was the first case of, of, of something like this. It was before Blair Witch Project. And uh, I think there was a 10 years long ban for that kind of shows in Great Britain because of this. So, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of Blair Witch Project when you exactly. talked about it. Yeah. Exactly. But I think they but might have got an idea. Yeah, this point of view. Mm -hmm. Spooky business. Exactly. And the last one, body hanging from a tree mistaken for Halloween decoration was hanging there for 24 hours until police took it out. Sure, why not? 
And that is correct as well. Not only you are a co-host that is tip top, but you are also very good at this, Dennis. Yes. And the spooky part in this is that it happened in Fredericia, but in U.S. Delaware. So there is another Fredericia in this world because Fredericia is a city here in Denmark, mm. not so far away from where we are right now. So th uh, that actually spooked me out the most when I saw that this happened in Fredericia, Delaware, US. And yes, there was a lady who hanged herself in a forest. And unfortunately, it was a Halloween day. So many people just passed it by thinking it's a very suggestive, creepy Halloween decoration. And it took the whole day for someone to realize that this is actual uh, su suicide uh, victim or a com commit commit Yeah, she was very committed to Halloween. She was uh, very committed to yeah. Halloween. Uh, um, rest in peace, my dear lady, and uh, I hope that you're happy wherever you are. Mm. So uh, finishing with this uh, quite creepy story from Fredericia, Delaware, we can now jump to Wisdom of the Week. A super wise Wisdom of the Week. So guys, I have promised you some creeps today and the topic that I will now address uh, is called sleep paralysis. And it is a wisdom of the week because I know for a fact that there are people out there struggling with this experience. And I hope that this piece of, um, of, of, of our program will help them maybe in some way or at least give them comfort that they are not the only one. But nevertheless, it's creepy as hell. So uh, what is sleep paralysis? I asked Dennis before we started the show and he was, uh, he, you said that you are not sure, right? No, you, you asked Vladimir. I asked Vla Vladimir as well. Yes, and Vladimir, uh, he, he thought he knew, but he doesn't. So maybe I will just serve you with a very smart definition from Wikipedia. And then you will tell me, Dennis, if you ever heard of it or experienced it by yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. So sleep paralysis is when during waking up or falling asleep, a person is aware, but unable to move or speak. During an episode, one may hallucinate, fear, feel or see things that are not there, which often results in panic. Episodes generally last less than a couple of minutes. It may occur as a single episode or be recurrent. Have you ever heard of a sleep paralysis or maybe? I think I've tried it actually. You've tried it? Yeah. It, it reminds me eerily much of an episode. Uh, I was laying in bed with my then girlfriend. It felt like a nightmare of some sorts mm -hmm. that I wanted to wake myself from or stop. Mm -hmm. So she told me afterwards that, and I remember it, but I don't remember it as anything but a dream, mm -hmm. that I started making this weird noise, not speaking. Mm -hmm. Louder and louder and louder and louder until I woke myself. Okay. And it scared the shit out of her. Okay. So she was she more afraid than you? Uh, I think so. Okay. Because it was so Freaky. freaking weird. Okay. It could have been the sleep paralysis. I personally know five people 
plus myself who had this experience. And uh, I found that between eight to 50% of people experience sleep paralysis at some point in life. About 5% of people have regular episodes. Males and females are affected equally. And how does it feel? Now I will quote and then I will actually tell you my story. So the central symptom of sleep paralysis is being unable to move during awakening. Imagined sounds such as humming, hissing, static, zapping and buzzing noises are reported during sleep paralysis. Other sounds such as voices, whispers and roars are also experienced. These symptoms are usually accompanied by intense emotions such as fear and panic. People also have sensation of being dragged out of bed or flying, numbness and feelings of electric triggers or vibrations running through their body. Sleep paralysis might include uh, hallucinations such as, and there are three main categories here. The first one, supernatural creatures suffocating or terrifying the individual accompanied by a feeling of pressure on one's chest and difficulty of breathing. The second one is menacing shadowy figure entering one's room or lurking outside one's window while the subject is paralyzed. And the third one is the presence of incubus. And if you don't know what incubus is, it's a demon uh, in a male form who, according to myths and legends, is visiting women in the night and trying to sexually pursue them. And uh, those are the three different hallucinations that most of people who are going through sleep paralysis are reporting that they that they have experienced. So uh, I know, as I said, five people and uh, three people that I know were talking about this menacing shadowy figure somewhere in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, One person was visited by incubus and actually on regular episodes. So actually she felt like some entity is trying to force himself itself on her and uh, i have to say that i had all experiences yes and this is probably the uh, hands down the top terrifying experience i have had i have seen um i have seen uh, weird uh, weird entities and i have had something on my chest and i had a feeling that something wants to yeah, colloquially gets get into my pants. And uh, this is something I have been personally, I would say, struggling since I was 19 years old. So it is explained by science that when we go to sleep, there is a very distinctive phase called REM. And this is when our brain sends the impulses to the nervous system that we should get immobilized because when we sleep, we are kind of paralyzed. Otherwise, we could really like hurt ourselves. Um, So basically, we are kind of uh, immobilized, but the awareness, we, our conscious mind is not sleeping yet. So we are aware of everything, but we are paralyzed. So it's some sort of a malfunction. Uh, however, people who are experiencing that uh, say about those hallucinations they are having, and that is hard to explain. Of course, everything can be, you know, this was just a bad dream. But if you are interested in this topic, guys, I would recommend you to watch a documentary. It's a horror documentary called um, Nightmare. 
And there was a group of people who actually talked with several people who experienced this. And those are people who are experiencing this on a recurrent basis. And it's a one and a half hour. It's a great documentary. It's pretty scary. Uh, because there is reenactment of some of those things. So you can see the real person and then an actor reenacting the situation. And uh, those people said, you know, I've been to a doctor. I, uh, I was trying to get some help. I got some antidepressants. Nothing works. So basically they need to live with that. And um, as we are soon coming to the end of this show, I will just tell you briefly that I started to have this when I was 19. I was just at the end of uh, high school. And one night, in the middle of the night, I felt like I'm awakened. And I realized that I have my eyes open, but I cannot move anything in my body, not a pinky finger, nothing. My tongue felt like it's wooden. I couldn't even move my tongue. I, tongue, I, I couldn't move anything. And then, of course, you feel terrified. You, you cannot move, but you are fully aware. Mm -hmm. And then at the legs of my bed, I have seen some kind of shadowy thing, like sitting like um, in a more like position like it's hovering trying to look at me and the eyes were piercing demonic red mm. that scared the shit out of me i was panicking inside of my own body being unable to move at all and i think i started to pray and uh, in my head of course and it, this started to kind of fade away i was able to move and when i moved everything disappeared and uh, it happened to me four times within two weeks so i started to get really uh, freaked out yeah, as course, you as you course. could imagine the red eyes were always the reoccurring uh, feature of this creature i could call it and uh, i remember i i didn't know where to go my mom was actually she had an experience like this and she said that maybe you should go and talk to the priest uh, because that, that it's, it's simply terrifying. And actually the last incident that made me go to the priest was exactly what those people are saying, that I felt something sitting on my chest. It was so heavy that I could barely breathe. And of course, this can be some kind of a, your, your mind is making, creating this feeling. But when I finally got out of it, I uh, turned the lamp on and I saw that on my chest I had those kind of marks like when you sleep on a pillow and the pillow is folded and you wake up like with your face like mm -hmm. you have some weird stuff there. So I had it all over my chest. It was my pajama that that made marks because it it's like something super heavy was on me. And that was the tipping point for me. Well, do, do you know that the, the, the term nightmare in Danish, Marit, yes. it... Yes. it, it, it it practically means that you are written by a ma that's sitting on your chest heavily. Yeah. That's that's actually that's what the term means in Danish. Exactly. And it has the same etymology in all the languages, very similar etymology. Yeah. Uh, but ending the, the story, I went to the I went to the priest, actually, and I had a very cool priest who was teaching us the religion. Yes, because in Polish schools and high schools, you learn Catholic religion. And uh, but he was a really cool progressive priest, and he told me that um, uh, demons have a very funny sense of humor. 
And that force that comes to me is teasing me. And as soon as I will stop showing fear, it will go away because it feeds on fear. That was actually quite not a Catholic church stand. <laughs> but he said that if I'm not able to make it, he knows an exorcist in a, in a village nearby our city <laughs> and we will arrange something. I was like, oh, my God, do I really want to do this? Um, that's kind of creepy. Uh, then I asked, of course, the question I always wanted to ask. Is the things that I saw in the Exorcist movie really that scary? And then he told me they are even scarier. So I was like, holy crap. <laughs> um, and then I think I actually uh, showed some sort of the next time it happened. I was like, uh, I was like, I'm not afraid of you. Uh, leave me. I'm, I'm not affected. And it let go. It comes back sometimes. Not, not the red ice experience but sometimes i have the sleep paralysis and i feel some kind of presence and stuff mm -hmm. but uh, it's not happening that often i even had like five or six years break uh, but it happens and um, i know that for me what was working was the tv on the light on uh, a prayer and uh, also you know just showing this rather fearless attitude dennis how much time do we have uh two minutes Two minutes, guys. Very quickly, we will just... I'm not sure even if we should go to the left field. Should we go to the left field? Do you have something for the left field? I have something for the left field. I wanted to tell you guys. Okay, hit it. O-M-G. From the left field. And this is what happens when Marta is not here because she's very good at controlling the time. From the left field was supposed to be a very nice survey I made among you to learn what are the best horror movies of all time. So I will only tell you I didn't got a winner, but I got hell of a lot of titles. So I will just give you this. Choose one for Halloween and hopefully you will be entertained. So we got The House on the Haunted Hill, the miniseries, The Others with Nicole Kidman, It, but the original one, The Exorcist, that's personally my most scary horror movie I have ever seen, The Shining, which is considered by many the most scary movie of all time, People Under the Stairs, The Ring, but I think the original one, Still Alice, never heard of it. The Conjuring, I think this is one of the new ones. The Conjuring? Yes. I don't know it. And the last one is Deep Water, but Deep Water was given by a person that lives on a boat, so I understand why she considered this scary. Mm. So guys, that is what you have given to me. Just as a, as a side note, The Shining, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Exorcist are usually the top three scariest horrors, considered to be the top three scariest horrors mm -hmm. uh, among almost all the rankings from all the sources I have seen. So, guys, if you don't know what to do on Halloween, I think you should check it out, especially The Exorcist. That's really, really scary. Yeah, the Shining is, is my favorite spooky movie. That's exactly the same with yeah. Dave. He said that it scared the shit out of him. So guys, happy Halloween, and I hope you enjoyed it. You are listening to You've Got Five Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, Apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, 
or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks!